Healing is the will and the word of God. And so um, as I was studying and preparing this morning, um, the, the scripture that really was on my heart was in Psalm 107. So let's turn over there to start. This is Psalm 107, and we're going to go to verse 20. And that says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And this is kind of cool. As we were singing this morning about turning graves into gardens, I had written in the margin of my Bible notes, the Hebrew word for their destructions is shakith. And I wrote it down and I thought, well, I don't even know why I wrote that there because I'm thinking about the healing in the first part of the verse, not the destruction part. But as we were singing, I thought, oh my goodness, look at that. He delivered them from their destructions, their shakith. You know, shakith also can be translated as graves. So look at here. He delivered them, healed them, and delivered them from their graves. Praise God. That's turning graves into gardens. Amen. That's good. So how did he heal and deliver them? Well, it tells us right here. He sent his word, right? And we've got this whole instruction book full of the word. But praise God, we're living in the time of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. He sent us Jesus. So that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about this morning. Jesus, the Word sent to heal. Praise God. And, you know, God prepared us. He prepared the hearts of the people for the Word that was coming, didn't he? He spent really all of, you can find Jesus all through the entire Bible. He's all through the Old Testament. God was laying the path a trail of bread comes, you know, here's what's going to come, here's what's going to come. But I wanted to look especially at a couple of the prophecies this morning that are talking about Jesus and specifically Jesus coming as the healing word made flesh to heal and deliver. So let's take a look at the one probably most of us know best, and that's Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53 in verse 5, it says, "'He was wounded for our transgressions.'" He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And healed there, that is Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you. I like that Isaiah says that prophetic word in the present tense. We are healed. I am the God that heals you. When Jesus is on the cross, the healing is accomplished. Praise God. And there's, a, there's kind of a completion story, a bookend to that on the other side of the cross. If we go over to 1 Peter 2.24, he's looking back at what Isaiah was saying. Isaiah was looking toward the cross, right? Now Peter's on the other side, and he says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his stripes you were healed. And this is so cool. I kind of, I always love looking up some of the words in the original languages and seeing, um, you can probably tell because I've given you like three already, <laughs> and kind of figuring out what the definitions were because it really kind of enlivens and shows, sheds a different light on the scripture. And that word for healed right there is the Greek word ialomai. And ialomai is a, very similar to Rafa, but it's like administering a cure. How cool is that? Administering. So like a doctor would administer a cure to cure a disease. And Peter's saying, it's done. We were healed, right? He's looking back at the cross saying, Jesus finished it. We were healed. The cure was administered at the cross. 
Praise God. So good. That's so good. So let's look at another one. This is um, in Malachi this time. And this is Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you, I love this, you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. I love that translation because Malachi is kind of a doom and gloom kind of book in a lot of ways. And then he breaks out with these little calves running and skipping. And praise the Lord, when we get healed, we ought to be running and skipping like little calves let out of the stall. That's freedom right there. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, but that's kind of a funny way to say it, right? The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Well, okay, let's take a look. The word wings, the kanaf, Hebrew word for the fringe or the hem of a garment. So again, we can find in the Old Testament sort of the completion of this prophecy on the other side of the cross, right? Jesus is the fulfillment. And then here over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, Here's Jesus, right? He's talking to Jairus. He's going to go to Jairus' house. He's going to heal Jairus' daughter. And what happens? This little lady is pushing her way through the crowd to find Jesus because she has been cursed with this issue of blood for years. And she's done everything, right? There have been a lot of cures administered to her, but they did not cure. They were not the cure. So she's looking for the cure cure, right? And she's looking for Jesus, the word made flesh. And what does it tell us that she did? She worked her way through the crowd and there's people on every side and she just reached out and just touched his kanaf, his wings, the hem of his garment. That was the Jewish prayer shawl, that fringe. That was a very holy garment to the Jews. And I imagine Jesus, I mean, Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and with power you know how we get when we're exercising really hard and we get all sweaty and our clothes are like soaked with sweat? I imagine Jesus, I know this is not a very pleasant <laughs> illustration. I'm sorry, but whatever. Blame the Holy Spirit. I didn't think of it. <laughs> um, Jesus was so saturated with the Holy Spirit. I just imagine that his clothes were even saturated. His, the atmosphere around his body, she could have touched his hair and it would have healed her. That power went out. Because he was full of it. It's like plugging into an electric socket, right? The power's there. You just got to reach out in faith, and it's the touch of faith that connects and makes the connection, and the power flows. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's so good. You know, it's always been his will to heal. That's never changed. And it didn't just become his will when Jesus was here. And he was like, oh, good, Jesus is here. I'll just send him around healing. No, 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 it's been his will from the beginning. Let's look a little bit at some of the provision of God for healing and how we can trace that through from the beginning to where we are today. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the pictures or types and shadows of Jesus coming as the healer in the Old Testament. And pastors actually been teaching the last two weeks on the Israelites in the desert when they were being attacked and bitten by poisonous serpents, right? You remember he's been teaching us about how the serpents were coming against the Israelites. They were being made sick. They were dying. It must have been absolutely terrifying. If you don't like snakes, this is like the worst possible thing to be happening to you. And this would, for me, would be like if a whole lot of big spiders, Jeremy, <laughs> were coming at me. He keeps showing me pictures of these horrible spiders, and now when I like close my eyes at night, I'm seeing spiders. 
thank you for that. But so I can put myself in this story, you know, just with a different creature. Um, but what happened? They were like, Moses, you got to help us. So Moses intercedes with the Lord, right? He goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, the people are dying and they need you. And God says, okay, I want you, you're going to go and you're going to build a bronze serpent and you're going to put it on the pole. And whoever does what? Whoever, yeah, fixes their gaze on him, locks their eyes on him, stops looking at what is destroying them, their grave, the destruction, and starts looking at the healer, that picture of Jesus on the cross in the form of a bronze serpent is going to live. But, you know, the thing about that healing was that it was temporary. Once the snakes were gone, they packed up the bronze serpent and went on their way. And the bronze serpent, and we don't know, it doesn't say if they ever had to use the bronze serpent for anything else again, but really the bronze serpent seems to have just been a one-time cure, right? It wasn't like Tylenol, where every time you get a headache, you just, you know, pop a couple bronze serpents. <laughs> this was just for this specific situation. So it's just a type and shadow, Right? We are living in a time where Jesus is the all-time cure. He's not a one-time cure. It doesn't matter what's coming against you. He's the healer. When we fix our eyes on him, our healing is guaranteed. Hallelujah. We are a healed people resisting sickness, not a sick people trying to get healed. See, God isn't going to heal us. Because God already healed us at the cross. Hallelujah. I mean, that's, you know, if we get that into our hearts, that just changes everything. It changes everything. Praise the Lord. And there's another illustration that I wanted to look at today. And we're going to back up in time a little bit now. We'll go back to the time of the Exodus, in the book of Exodus when the Israelites were still slaves in Egypt, and they had been enslaved for a couple hundred years, and God was about to bring them out. And in that time, he had been sending plagues against the Egyptians, right? And the Egyptians were still not getting the message. So God said, okay, there's going to be one final plague, and that is death. I am sending death upon the firstborn of the households of Egypt. But you, my chosen people... I am giving you a way out of death, right? I'm going to deliver you out of this plague. And what did they have to do? They had to make a sacrifice, yeah? So he told them, look, you're going to go and get a sacrificial lamb, each household, and he gave them the specific directions, how that lamb had to be, how perfect, how they should prepare it. But he said, you know, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take the blood of that sacrifice and you're going to do what? You're going to apply it to the doorframe of the dwelling. Apply it to the doorframe. A picture of the cross that was to come, right? And you're going to go into your dwelling. You're going to go under the blood. And you're going to stay under the blood. Do not come out from under the blood. Why? Because the blood is your deliverance. It is your protection. It is your guarantee of safety and security and redemption. Hallelujah. And while you're in there under the blood, you're going to be preparing to go. I'm going to send you out. Well, think 
about this. These people have been slaves in Egypt. They were probably not in the best of health. Slaves generally don't have an easy life, right? So you can imagine out of the thousands of Israelites that there were probably many of them who were elderly. There were probably many of them who were very, very young. There were probably many who were malnourished. They may have had injuries. They may have been sick. They can't have all been strong, healthy, robust people prepared to go on a journey into the desert, and they didn't know how long that journey was going to be. They definitely didn't know it was going to end up being 40 years, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but, you know, God knew his people needed to be ready, and he only had one night to get them ready, and in the natural, that cannot have looked like it was going to be possible. I'm sure there were Israelites in their homes looking around that night thinking, there's no way we are all going to troop out into the desert. How are we going to carry, you know, this one who can't walk, and that one who's too old, and this one who's sick? It must have looked like an impossible situation. So God had to do something supernatural for his people. So what did he do? He said, all right, you've applied the blood. Now you're going to eat that sacrifice. You're going to eat the flesh of the lamb. And in the eating of the flesh, your healing will come, right? Praise God. He allowed them to consume that sacrifice. And what happened? They came out, Psalm 105 says, well, they came out rich for one thing, right? The Israelites actually gave them out of their household possessions. So they came out with provision, <laughs> amen. And they came out and there was not one sick or feeble among them. That is an amazing miracle in one night, one night. Hallelujah. And it all came from eating the flesh of the sacrifice, eating the body and staying under the blood. Praise God. What is that a picture of? That is a picture of Jesus' sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb and the communion, right? And Jesus said, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood, well, you have to do these things or you will have no part with me. And he also told us, do these things in remembrance of me. Because remembering that sacrifice, taking it in, making it a part of us, taking the word made flesh into our bodies is what brings us healing and protection. And it's God's provision for us. Hallelujah. It's complete. It's healing and protection from the things that are without, outside, right? You get under the blood and you stay under the blood and you're redeemed, you're protected from the curse, the things coming against you, and you eat the word made flesh, and you're healed from within. That's total provision, total healing. God is an awesome God. He lets nothing get overlooked. God is never going to send you out on a journey and not prepare you for it. He will supply everything you need wherever he tells you to go. That's awesome. We serve an awesome, awesome God. Amen. You know, I got to thinking um, a little while ago <laughs> while I was, while I was meditating on some healing scriptures, a thought came to me, why do we have an immune system? Like, think about it biblically. Did Adam and Eve need an immune system in the Garden of Eden? They were living in paradise. 
they were living in a state that we are going to attain when we get to heaven, a glorified body when we'll leave our earthly body and its immune system behind. They didn't have any sickness or disease in the Garden of Eden, so why did we have an immune system? It's kind of weird, I know, but I, I thought, that's interesting. I never thought about that before. You know, I believe that we have an immune system because God sees the end from the beginning. And God knew the fall was coming, and God knew what was going to happen, that as soon as we turned the authority of the earth over to Satan, sickness and disease was going to be coming in. And he had to give us something in the natural to help us to survive until we could get the full cure, right? I mean, our, our bodies are amazing, and God designed them to be a defense system against things coming from without, but they're nothing compared to the blood and the body of the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord. That's supernatural cure, supernatural healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. So just as the Israelites in Egypt were prepared and sent, God has prepared and sent us, hasn't he? I mean, we each have a destiny in this earth. We each have a plan for our lives that's God-ordained, and he prepares each of us for that specific race that we are to run. But in a more general way, he also told all of us who are believers in Christ Jesus, go into all the world and preach my gospel to every nation. And as you do that, signs will follow you who believe in me. And one of those signs is what? We will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's provided from the beginning to the end, for healing to happen, for healing to come to us and for us to administer healing by his Holy Spirit to other people. It's a perfect plan, and it leaves nothing out. John's Gospel said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. The Word was there. The healing word is from before the foundation of the world. It didn't even start in Genesis. It was before that. The provision for healing has always been part of God's plan. It's always been on his heart and his mind, and it is who God is. And the thing I want to really express today that's been on my heart is that healing is for us. It is for us today. Healing, I know there are a lot of parts of the body of Christ that are un we're uncertain about. Is healing still for today? Did that pass away with the disciples? You know, but no, we're living in this book somewhere here between <laughs> 1 Peter 2.24 that we talked about and Revelation. It's still going on, isn't it? The story is still being told. And he's sent us and he's equipped us. And by his Holy Spirit living in us, we have the same healing power that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus just walked out what we are to be walking out. He was our example. He was our teacher and our guide. We carry that in us. And how do we access it? We access it by consuming the word. The word made flesh that lives and dwells in us. We've got to take the word in. Scripture tells us, take the word into your eyes. Keep it in front of your eyes. Listen to it. Take it into your ears so that it will build your faith. As we take it in, we need to meditate on it, right? We need to chew it. We need to actually let it get into our flesh, and we need to 
swallow it and get it into our hearts. And the Holy Spirit, as we do that step of faith to take the word in, the Holy Spirit meets us where we're at and enlivens that word and helps us to fully digest it, helps us to fully understand it, helps it to come alive in us and to flow out of us like those rivers of living water that were flowing out of Jesus so that when people come near us, all they have to do is reach out in faith and it jumps over onto them. Praise God. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. We have to just stay under the word and take the word in to receive its life-changing benefit. It's all in the word. Healing is in the word. All provision is in the word. Hallelujah. It's really, in some ways, so simple, isn't it? It's not always easy. When you're dealing with sickness, it's not always easy. But God's made it so simple. There aren't any hoops to jump through. You don't even have to find a lamb and roast it and go through. <laughs> we really, all you have to do is read the book. <laughs> Read the instruction manual that he provided. It's very detailed. As you'll find out when you get into some of those lineages, it's real detailed. It's praise the Lord. It's good. But healing is his very nature. You can't accept God and not take the healing part. You can't have the forgiveness of sins and not receive the healing because it's part of who he is. I am Jehovah Rapha. It's part of his nature. It's one of his names. He's... He, it, he wants us to have everything that he is. And healing flows out of relationship with him. When we come into relationship with the Father, we come into relationship with the great I am. And everything that is his becomes ours as believers in Christ Jesus, as children of God. So just finishing up today, I just, I just want us to carry that with us. That every word, God's provided every word for a reason. Every word he's given us is for us personally today. It's to equip, to encourage, it's to deliver, and it's to heal. We need to just stay under it. We need to take it in. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring it to life in us. We need to speak it out of our mouths and declare it. And we need to believe that it's true. And we will be healed. There will be none sick or feeble among us. It's his promise, and it's still true today, and we are the ones who are to carry it into the world. Praise God. Why don't you just stand, and let's, let's pray today. Father, we just thank you so much that you are a healing God, that you are a God who has provided all good things for his children, that you never want us to be in lack, that you never want us to be ill-equipped for anything that you've sent us out to do that you are always seeing every need before we even know that we have it. And that all we ever have to do is to turn to you in faith and say, yes, Lord, I agree with your word, and it is finished. It is done, just as you have said it would be. You said that no word of yours will ever leave your mouth and then return void without accomplishing what you sent it for. And we believe today that that's true for healing, just as it's true for salvation, just as it's true for provision or any other need that we might ever have. Praise God. You are a good, good father. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, who lived and dwelt among us and then sent his Holy Spirit so that he could live within us. 
Thank you, Father, for the word in us. Thank you for your healing word. We pray and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if anybody is here today and you're a little bit new to some of this teaching or you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, the the thing is that all of these promises of God, including the healing promises, they're all true for everyone who is his child, for every child of God. But we have to actually say, Lord, I want to be your child, right? We have to invite him into our lives. He's never going to push his way in. So if you've never taken that step, if you've never said, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life, I believe he's my Savior, then I just want to invite you today, whether you're here with us or you're watching online, I want to invite you. Today is a good day to take that step. There is no time like the present to receive everything God has for us. So if that's you, I want you to make that decision right now. Let's do it. I want to do it. And just raise your hand. Yes, Lord, today's the day. Shout it out wherever you are. If you're in your living room, that's okay. Nobody else is going to mind. You're going to have something so good, they're going to want what you have. Praise God. And it's real simple. As I said before, the things of God are so simple. He said, all you have to do to be my child is to confess with your mouth that I am the Lord and to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you will be saved. And if you believe that and you confess that, God is never going to leave anybody disappointed. Jesus came for all of us. Praise the Lord. So if that's you and you made that decision today, we're just going to pray together and I'm just going to ask you, you can repeat after me. We're just going to say a prayer and we're going to do this. We're going to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord as we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you seeing that your word is true. Father, we thank you for everything you've provided for your children. I choose today, Lord, to make you Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of the living God and that he raised you from the dead and he did that for me so that I could have eternal life starting today. You said if I confess that you're Lord and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead I would be saved. So I'm doing that now, Lord. I invite you to come into my heart and I ask you to be Lord of my life. In your name, 